0: Warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Are you recording now? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. We're, we're live, pal.
1: Oh, shit. Okay, guys, oh I'm going to do it. I'm going to introduce everybody. Pretend like we just started talking, okay? Nothing's uh-huh. happened before this. Uh-huh. Well, hey guys, here we are. We're back. It's the Trash Sheep Podcast. Uh, it's me, Elliot, joined as always by Keith.
0: Howdy, Keith, howdy, how movie today? lovers! I'm doing great, man. I just talked we over have a your, very, your question, but
1: we have a very special guest today—an old friend of ours. You, he, you've made some—you made a guest appearance on the show via like a little sound blip recording, I think, before. But this is the first time you've been on the show. Uh, everyone, say hello to Chad Opitz.
2: Hello. A uh, Chad, movie lovers.
1: Chad is an old friend of ours. He's a popular Bay Area comic. He is co-host of the podcast. Is it loud and browed or browed and loud?
2: Loud and browed.
1: Loud and browed. It's cool that
2: you're bringing it up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the eyebrow centric podcast where they just talk yeah. about great eyebrows. Uh, uh-huh. It's a good show. Is it? Where can people listen to that
2: show? That's on uh, Apple and Spotify.
1: Okay, it is on Apple now because it wasn't on Apple, right?
2: It initially was not, but now it okay. is. Okay, yes.
1: Okay, that's good because that's like I would—I always forget to listen to podcasts if they're not on Apple. So I only had to listen to a mm-hmm. couple episodes of it, but it's delightful. Uh, yes. Frequent, like I said, a frequent comic in the San Francisco Bay Area comic scene, and can be seen in the upcoming season of the Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton show, Goliath. No. is your character no. a secret or can we talk about it of course what yeah, is that
0: tell about me it.
2: about it uh i got okay it's a kind of a nutty I, i'm gonna be playing young francis ford coppola and the way it came about was very wild because my roommate is uh, was a comic and did a bunch of like commercial acting and he saw a casting network thing calling for a young francis ford coppola for Goliath and he was like you gotta look at this picture they use and it it did look a lot like me the specific picture they used for this casting call and that I was like oh that's kind of nuts and then that sh- night at a show a comedy show one of the audience members afterwards came up and was like I saw this thing for a casting call for a young Francis Ford Coppola you gotta do it so, so that I was, was like, separate from the I other guy like, yeah and so it was I was like coincidence, well yeah I better like fucking do this. And so I, the next day I signed up for that casting network, sent him a picture. And a week later I got a call. Like I was actually coming out of a movie at the Alamo draft house in San Francisco. And, um, I was like, hello. And they were like, I'm the casting director for uh, Amazon's Goliath. And we'd love to have you play young Francis Ford Coppola. And I was like, do I have to come audition? And he was like, not if you look
0: like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was the role you were born to play. Yeah.
2: But it's not even like it's like a basically just like a featured like extra thing because I don't have any lines. It's just like they filmed the scene in uh, Cafe Triste, which is where uh, Francis Ford Coppola would write in the early '70s, and uh, so it's just me like in a couple of shots like writing on a typewriter. <laughs> it's basically yeah. like an Easter egg. Like there's no reason for me to be there, like. When the best part definitely was like when I went walking in and like all the staff of the cafe were like, "It's Francis!" Oh, they're all like clapping, and there was a huge picture of him on the wall, like behind the like counter in the outfit that they had picked out for me.
3: So it was like really
2: rad.
1: That rules. Do Do anything fun where they like set you up? Like, are are you in the poster in the same shot?
2: I don't know. That's a good question. I, I I mean, I couldn't see I didn't get to see like how they shot it. Right. I know that there was like a, there was a very there was one shot where the camera guy was right next to me, like kind of shooting past me, like getting me in the forefront while mm-hmm. I'm typing. And there's like a little espresso and like a little uh, pastry by me. And then there was another shot where he's further away getting me in the background. So maybe in that shot, they get mm-hmm. the picture and me. I'm not sure.
0: Conceivably, was you could be on the thumbnail art on Amazon Prime or in the like opening title sequence.
2: I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I'm. It's literally just like a like a Easter egg. I mean, I, I mean they could even cut the whole thing out. I don't know,
1: but like, yeah. um, it's no, completely I, th- I think you're going to land on it's... thumbnail.
0: You're going to be the
1: thumbnail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was uh like, was Billy Bob in the scene or was it like other characters?
2: No, he was not. It was um apparently like a new character. Uh, New to the season because uh, played by Jenna Malone, who was in uh, Hunger Games, like stepmom and stuff. Yeah, so she was there talking with another character, uh, but I did not know who that actress was. But there's two two actresses talking in the scene. Was this a, was this cafe? Is it in San Francisco?
1: Yeah, or it's in North Beach.
2: It's a North Beach area, like right off of Columbus Avenue, like Grand okay. Green. area. because
1: for a, for a second I was like, there was this. Uh, I was once driving from, from San Francisco to L.A. with some mm-hmm. people, and we stopped in Monterey Bay and had, and had breakfast yeah. at this cafe there, and it, their whole claim to fame was Francis Ford Coppola hung out here, and they had, like, all these pictures oh. of Francis Ford Coppola on the walls. Really? And, yeah, it was just, like, a little, little tiny place, and it's just like, yep, he'd come
2: in here, and he'd eat food, and he'd eat pasta, da da you always hear, like, Monterey is mainly, like, isn't it Hemingway was a bit, like, loved doing stuff there? Cause I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's that, definitely,
1: like, you know, it's definitely in that area where a bunch of those, uh, you know, like, 40s, 50s, 30s writers, like Kerouac. Yeah. All those guys hung out in that ger- oh, yeah. general area. well the, You know, this all cafe, the beach bummy this, type
2: guys. Totally, yeah. The, the cafe was is for sure. It's right by where... Like, there's a, like, in fact, there's a whole store dedicated, like, beatnik poetry and stuff, like, maybe a uh-huh. block away. So, like, uh, yeah, Kerouac and stuff like that. Uh, Ginsberg, of course, and, like, all like all those people. Uh, so, it's right in that general area off of, like, um, North Beach, Columbus Avenue.
0: If I was going to yep. do speed, write poetry, and possibly murder my girlfriend, that's probably the place I would want to be. Yeah,
3: 100%. It's like a cozy yeah. place
2: for a murder to write, yeah.
0: So, Chad, like,
1: how's the return to, you know, doing live comedy again? I mean, I know you were doing some shows during the lockdowns and stuff, but they were, like, very sparse and always outdoors yeah. and stuff. How does it feel to be back to totally. full-on, full-on comedy it, circuit again?
2: Man, yeah, because I went, I did, I went, six, like, six months without doing anything at all, all in terms of, like, live stuff, Um And then like, yeah, very sporadic. Maybe, maybe if I was lucky, one or two a week for another four or five months, probably. And then started picking up again. Um, And then like a little over a month ago, they made it like reopening fully. And that weekend, I actually, I was doing a a weekend with uh, Brian Posehn at Cobb's Comedy Club. And mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know like what that meant. Like when they were like, oh, it's June fifteenth, it's fully reopened, da da da. Um, so when I, I didn't I I was I always get very nervous on the first night of a full club weekend. So I have to like collect myself and I'm just kind of wandering around alone, like up in the green room. And so when I walked out on stage, I didn't know that it had been fully reopened. So there's like, you know, three hundred people or something there. And I was like, oh, shit. I was very like, oh, my God, like really wasn't prepared mentally for that. And so like the first minute or so, I was extremely nervous until, you know, the joke started landing. And I was like, all right, this will be fine. But yeah, but it's been great. And and the shows have been amazing lately. Like I did one last night uh, at this place called Gasser Garden in San Francisco. And it was phenomenal for this comic, really good comics named Amy Miller and Johnny pemberton who has been in a lot of stuff uh he's an ant man and uh he's really nice and funny comic he doesn't like a lot like music based stuff too you
1: had posted a video
2: of i think it was that show
1: because uh california opened up you know had their restrictions lifted about two weeks before washington did And Uh you would post a video of that and it was just like, look for me watching. It was like, this is complete insanity, you know, not like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's like, what is that? Like, it's like, it's like, it's like Mad Max level of just like, what the hell? Right. And then we opened up like two weeks later and I work in a bar, you know, so Uh it was like, it went from full restrictions to the next day. Like, oh, there's people sitting at the bar again. Like, what am I supposed to do now? I, I was just taking to go orders, you know? And that, and and it was honestly more jarring to see your video when we were still restricted than to actually just lift the restrictions.
2: What,
1: what video was it? What, what, I don't, there was like, I don't know if it was that show, but it was definitely that first week. And there was like somebody, Mm -hmm. there was so many people and there was like somebody I think maybe playing like, it wasn't, he was playing maybe a, not a, uh, maybe a guitar or something. Oh, I know
2: what you're talking about. It wasn't a show I did. It was, I, I went to a show. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I went to a place called DNA Lounge, and it was that weekend that like of the Poseidon show mm-hmm. um, when things reopened, and it was like the DNA Lounge is fully reopened, and we're having our retro synth wave night. And there was yeah, it was packed in there, and there was this dude wearing like a full camo like body suit with like a huge guitar, and he like. Was climbing onto the second level of the yeah. view that I was at, and it was it was really dope, and it was a great like okay things are back in a way you know, right? Uh, I I wanted to go to that because I was like man I have not been around this many people in a, you know fucking fifteen months, and uh, I kind of wanted to just throw myself into it in that moment,
1: like like immersion therapy type of thing, kind of yeah I was because yeah. I was
2: kind of nervous man like when the, before things reopened I did a show out in. Um, modesto area Mm -hmm. this is probably like march and um when i got out there i didn't know there was going to be an inside show and it was packed there was like 200 people in there and like nobody was wearing masks and i was like what the fuck like i i was so nervous and like worried and i told the the uh, booker i was like i'm probably just gonna hang outside and i'll come in and do my set and then i'm gonna just leave you know because i'm like not I'm not mentally prepared for this right now. So the whole time I was there, like, I mean, the set went fine, but I was just so in my head, like, wow, I'm not, you know, ready for this right now.
1: I've been fully vaccinated since March. I work in a bar. The bar is fully reopened. When I'm Mm -hmm. at work, I'm totally like, okay, fine. I'm just at work. It's cool. I'm still weird about being around a lot of people. Yeah. In any other scenario, you know, like, I'm not like, I won't freak out or anything, but it just feels odd you know
2: well it's weird enough being around a lot of people anyway you that's know? true yeah. you, you throw in the concept of like oh i might uh, get something that could kill me or or kill other people well i mean that's know? the
1: thing too it's like i'm not like intellectually i'm not afraid of getting sick at all anymore you know uh-huh, because i know yeah. like uh the more and more we learn about how, how well these vaccines are it's like the worst thing that's going to happen to me is i get a little the sniffles you know yeah yeah but it's still just like that feeling of just being like, why are there so many people standing around me? And like you said, yes, before it was weird, mm-hmm. like for a lot of people. I mean, I'm definitely someone who can sometimes be around a lot of people and other times don't want them near me at all. And now, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like I'm not at work. It's still if, and
2: there's a ton of people somewhere. I'm just like, Whoa.
3: Oh.
2: I want dude. like initially. Here's how here. Here was my uh, we're not talking about the movie at all yet, but like uh the first two weeks of, of quarantine, I loved it. I was like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. Because I hadn't had, I mean, I was going out pretty much every single night doing shows. I treated it as like a vacation in a way. I was like, yeah. oh, shit, this is great. I get a little bit of time. Because I didn't know how long this was going to be going on for. You know, I was like, this is awesome that I get a, a break for, and just get to like hang out and just watch movies. and just Because I actually love alone time yeah but when it became apparent that it was going to be like way longer like it was probably somewhere around like god june or something i i was so depressed like probably like through most of the summer last summer i was very very depressed and because it just you know it's felt like oh i don't know when this is going to end it's going to be at least through the year And, uh, it took me at least three months to get over that. And by the fall into winter, I'd acclimated to the situation and I I was actually in a great state of mind about it. And I was finding other avenues to like express myself through like making little dumb Instagram videos and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was having a lot of fun with that and also just enjoying, you know, staying in and I got into the pattern of not going out and I was fine with that. Uh, but now that things are reopened, I am very happy to go out and do things. That's great. Um, I'm actually adjusting to it a little better than I thought I would because the first like week or so where I had more than like three or four shows, I was like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. You know, is this? I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back into the swing of things like I used to, uh, but it's been really good lately. So
1: yeah. I know that feeling of overwhelmed. I like Keith. I don't know if if you've experienced the same thing, but like just doing something social seems like such a bigger yeah. endeavor than it did yeah, before. Totally. You know, well, it's Chad. Like, okay, Chad I'm...
0: actually hit on something really interesting because I felt the same way about that initial two week period. It was so peaceful, and the mm-hmm. skies cleared, and the streets cleared, and everyone was just sort of wandering around their neighborhoods, like enjoying the sunshine and despite what yeah. what financial ruin everyone might all be headed for, uh, everything felt like, uh, it was like Night of the Comet. It just felt, yeah. <laughs> there was a sense yeah. of relief of like, well, uh, we're just in a holding pattern for now and we can just sort of stop and smell the flowers for a minute. And I, there was a I lot a, of beauty yeah. to I that. I had
1: a similar experience. The first two weeks were not like that for me because I was out completely out of work, you know, like my work just shut down Yeah, and I didn't, we like, this was before they announced expanded unemployment. So I really wasn't sure what I was going to do or supposed to do or how to proceed. So the first week Mm -hmm. or two was very stressful uh, to me, but then like once they announced expanded unemployment and are just like, sit back, chill, relax. Mm -hmm. Like my life for those for like two and a half months were phenomenal. And then once I went back to work, everything just was like a crazy no dive because it was entering into, uh, I was back at work, but it was everything good about my job was gone. Everything bad
2: about it was amplified Mm -hmm. and like, oh, I might die. That sounds very similar my, my, my roommate had like the, he hit the first month was brutal. Yeah. He lost his job. He was literally checking the mail, but every day, like looking out the window, like, am I going to be getting unemployment checks? And, uh, like that was his, his life was brutal for like at least a month after things started. And then once unemployment came in, it was like a totally different story. And like when he got that first unemployment check, he was just like, I'm buying so much booze for the whole house tonight. Yeah. It was because it was just like this uh, elation of like, I'm, I'm going to be okay for a little while, you know? Yeah.
1: No, it was pretty cool. It was like a, like a very reflective time that you got to see. You know, I was like, you know, going on like four hour walks every day and like, cooking elaborate meals and just Mm -hmm. hanging out and like doing, I mean, obviously there was things you couldn't do, but like there was no agenda, you know, that I had to follow, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Which is freeing. It like felt really good for a little bit. Totally. You know, I mean, like I was, you know, I mean, like I missed people and I felt cooped up at times living in a one bedroom apartment with another person who works from home, you know, who worked be home Mm -hmm. before the pandemic, you know. Yeah. And so there was, you know, there was definitely like it wasn't like, you know, a lot of times I would go out, you know, because of living in a small space with another person who works from home, I would often go out and be alone in public. Like I would go and get lunch by myself or you mm-hmm. know, that was my alone time and that disappeared, but I mean the trade-off of just ha- not having to be on someone else's schedule was just so liberating, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, now we're experiencing well, this boomerang effect, right, where everyone was told they can't go anywhere for so long. Now they are just thrusting themselves into public spaces totally. and just cramming, yeah. uh, you know, three, three or, two or three times more than they would normally. And so everywhere yeah. you go is just parking lots are filled, sidewalks are crowded, you know, parks are at capacity, trash cans overflowing.
1: Well, yeah, you yeah. and me, Keith, were just talking about, like, Oh maybe we'll go take a uh, go find a cabin by
2: Mount Rainier and then, like all that shit is like booked out for months, you know. Oh wow. That'd be awesome. That sounds so nice. Well, in in regards to that, like you're saying like everyone's just going out. Like last night I did a show at this bar in San Francisco and there was this couple that came up to me after the show and they're like, "Hey, can we get you a drink?" And I was like, "Oh, sure." And then they got their bill back and there, it was like $200 and they're like the the guys like Oh my God! How many Coronas did I buy? And you know his girl, his girlfriend was just like, "This is our first night out in months. It's okay." And I'm like, like just "I can drinks buy for my everybody. own drink. You know, I can buy my own drink." No, I think he bought like. Buff. they probably fucking bought like 15 20 coronas or something no
1: I mean it's it's fair to point out that in San Francisco a corona is like $25 <laughs> that's right, right. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah no you're right I'm, dude I bet you they're at least minimum $7 to $8 which is that's absolutely insane. fucking crazy but I
1: mean is that anywhere you go because I mean like I've had so many experiences no, 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 no. traveling where it's people are like you know talking about I've been to Hawaii a couple times and people will say like oh you can't go out to eat in Hawaii because everything's so expensive uh-huh. like no you can't can go out to eat in hawaii if you're like a really dumb tourist you know yeah. and you just like you can, you can
2: find places yeah.
1: absolutely you stick your head into a place that's full of, full of lo- locals go there if it's full of like people yes. with like you know like like their money like bill like their money belt is falling out of their shirt don't go yeah there you know well,
2: totally the bar was in uh marina De, which is like right by pack heights so yeah. f- shit there is just crazy overpriced so and I'm sure that was that, a huge factor.
0: Do they put that that special uh, uh, like dust that re- what's that red dust they put on the neck of a corona to jazz it up? Do they do that? <laughs> what is <laughs> that, Elliot? What That's is that a, stuff? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, are, are you talking about peppery salt? Are you talking about? It has a, a specific name. Oh, I'm a michelada? Sure. Uh,
1: like it's like tashid Yeah, ta Oh yeah, like t-t-a-t-e-c-h-i-d. Yeah.
2: I okay. I remember the last time well, I was in San Francisco
1: it. was it was when, when you were still living in Santa Cruz and me mm-hmm. and Jordan and Adam went down and we were like hung out with you for a while yeah and then we were in San Francisco and then we went down and visited uh Adam's uncle who's like about our age like he's not much older than us mm-hmm. in LA and like we went to a couple of bars and we went to we went to this one bar and he's like oh I'll buy everyone around and it was the same thing. It was just like <laughs> that particular place, like a beer was $20 type of thing. But like everywhere else we went, it was like yeah. totally
2: reasonable and fine, you know.
3: But mm-hmm. it's just like
2: we rent,
1: you know. Oh, like no.
3: The...
2: It must have been because like I bought like one drink before that and I got like a discount. I was like, did the comics get like a free drink or a discount? She's like, oh, yeah, you get like a 20% discount or something, whatever. So, I was like, okay, I'll get a gin and tonic and it was like nine bucks. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay. So it's probably like 12 bucks or something like that. Jeez.
1: I mean, I mean, that's also <laughs> not – I mean, we're, we're in this like – just in general, I think we're in this weird transitional period where between like what things used to cost in general and what things cost now and people like – they'll come into my bar and we'll be like, why is this beer $6? And I, and I go, because it's 2021, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like that's just, yeah. that's just how much things cost now. It's not – things yeah. aren't $3
2: anymore, you know? Six dollars to me sounds like a fucking. That's a happy hour deal here in San Francisco. Yeah. I
1: mean that's like that's a that's like the cheapest beer you'll find. You know, most of the places these days, even mm-hmm. in Tacoma, you know. But I mean, like yeah. it's the same concept applies. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of San Francisco, we're gonna do a little transition. San Francisco mm-hmm. is the name of one of the main characters <laughs> of the movie we're talking about today.
0: Oh, I was Wait gonna say that- all all of these changes are enough to make you feel like an alien. Oh my Whoa, god.
2: Damn. Oh damn. Keith has got those jokes. Yeah, he man. does. Come he, on. He's really good.
0: I'm, I'm just like sitting on all these these handoffs yeah. and you're just w- taking a, them wait, away wait. from me. Hold Take, the floor, Taking them guys. away in my rights like I'm some kind of newcomer.
2: Wait a minute. Did you just want to talk to me because one of the characters is named San Francisco <laughs> and I live in San Francisco? Come yeah,
1: on. like let's like let's get it's that so perspective, relatable.
2: you know, like Come is his on. character okay. experience the same as your just like okay city experience it could be you know i'm feeling like i'm out of sorts here sometimes i feel a little bit like old mandy p so the movie we're talking about today
1: is alien nation the 1988 classic in my
0: <laughs> oh sorry is it though my,
1: i okay i this movie is uneven as fuck, but yes.
0: It became evident to me very early on that I wasn't remembering the movie. I was remembering the television show.
1: And I was going to say that. Yeah. Like, the t- so this movie came out in 1988, and it spawned a very short-lived TV show. But I feel like that's the thing that people actually know about. Yes. Like, I remember the show coming out and watching it, and then there I had like TV movies after that. And then one day being in a video store years later and picked it, picking up something like Alienation with James Caan. Yeah. Like no idea. Yeah. The perpetually fifty major... years
0: old James Caan. Totally. Like, when did that no start? Idea that was
1: a... Dude, he he's he one like those hit dudes. a point and just was Rollerball, like the same age for like twenty five yeah. years. He exactly like you look at you look at like him in like The Godfather and he's like this young virile, mm-hmm. you know, like smooth face. I mean, not like a yeah. pretty boy, but like he looks like a young like bucking like strong guy. And then like bucking <laughs> all of the. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's just like an elderly man who's just like. I've, I've I have worked in the gold mines.
2: Elliot's like like oh, he's, he looks like a fifty year old man as he says the word bucking, <laughs> like you speak like an old man, Elliot. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about myself.
3: I like, know. We, I know. We
2: can go.
1: We can go into like a, James a long conversation looks, of.
0: James Conn looks like he he could easily buck a younger man off of his back. Absolutely, he absolutely, he has would. that old man strength.
2: He, he – the old, old
0: bucking men, as
2: you say, are for sure far more intimidating in my opinion. Like the Charles Bronson factor, come on. You're oh, going to yeah. fuck with – you're like, oh, this guy has lived through shit. He would definitely beat the fuck out of me. Uh, I think personally the reason this film is remembered is because the show was on Fox right around the time The Simpsons came out. Yeah. And they would air – adverts for the television show during like really popular shows and i remember as a child seeing those ads and like being terrified like it would scare me so bad i think of see those alien like the alien look is like very unsettling it's, it's like, like human looking a little bit but yeah it's like, there's some oh, it's a very off-put. it's just
1: human enough but weird enough that like it's just there's something wrong with it so well, wait let's so look let, yeah do you, keith you do not like this movie
0: I, I like some bits of it and I like, uh, kind of the, some of the overall themes, but yeah, as a whole, it, uh, it kind of really fell on its face for me. Okay. So Chad, where do you weigh in? Just like I'm overall just, I'm opinion. I'm kind of it.
2: the same. Like I
0: don't, I don't dislike it, but it's definitely
2: not very good. Oh, come on it's fellas. Like, we're
0: going to need hotter takes than that. Let's turn up the it's juice not, here. I
2: mean, it's not a piece <laughs> of shit, but it's definitely like, I, I it's such a solid, like two star movie to me. Well, that's it's what Roger not... Eber gave it. So I guess I'm the only person who really likes
1: this movie. Wow. What yeah, a twist. And there's dumb <laughs> stuff in it. Don't get me wrong. There's just yeah. parts where I laugh out loud. But that being said, like, I don't know. There's something about it. And I have a couple theories. Is I was writing notes while I was watching it. And I was just like, man, this is really cliche. Man, this is this. But why is it trying to figure out why it holds up for me? And I think there's just perhaps maybe a collection of really solid scenes that mm-hmm. elevate it beyond its whole, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: Well it's framed could... by the the buddy cop formula, right? It it's taking an, yeah. an existing format and just kinda injecting some new ideas and a little bit of a fresh take. Although like obviously a movie like Lethal Weapon would sort of do a lot well... better right
2: yeah I, I, this also to me like this came out like a year after the hidden which i think is a way better alien The hidden's really good yeah cop team up thing and uh, like that one's just so much better in terms of i feel the relationship between the two guys and the uh action stuff is so much better in there Oh
1: movie. definitely That's funny so you bring that up the hidden's really good there's not a lot of buddy cop movies like this where it's human and alien, which seems like such a ripe property that we, we would have gotten in the flood of these movies at the height yeah. of the buddy cop era, but we didn't. We got this one, the hidden, and sort of maybe uh I come in peace. But they never the, the alien cop and the human cop never really team up. Like the alien cop just kinda like yeah. passes. The oh, bug.
0: he's such a dud. True. Yeah. He's he so, is so disappointing. So yeah. disappointing. <laughs> He gets some good running away from explosions and jumping off of cars, but aside from that, he kind of just just blows it on all levels.
1: Well, you know, the guy who directed uh, in *I Come in Peace* is uh, the stunt co- coordinator from *Predator*. Go yeah, on. Yeah, so that was his that was his whole yeah. thing, and it's like uh-huh. he was just like he got the job, I think, because of *Predator*, and he also directed *Action Jackson*. He only directed a few movies. Oh
2: hell yes! So oh that yeah, was Craig Baxley.
1: Yeah, and he was just like, he's like, I'm going to come in, I'm going to deliver incredible stunts on a low budget, and that's why I get to make movies, you know? It didn't Mm -hmm. matter- like he would just show the people the daily. is like, "Look at this," and they'd be like, "Wow!" Like the, the, you got this did stunt he, for fifty
2: bucks, you know? Did he do? Did he do uh, Stone Cold? The Brian Bosworth movie too? He did. Yes, the
1: Brian oh, okay. Bosworth story. Uh, yeah, which yeah. I've never, I've Don't never actually seen the that documentary. movie. What you've never seen Stone Cold? <laughs> I've never seen it. No, God.
0: The second oh, man, that's definitely the trashy second uh, sci-fi material. summer is over. We're watching. Wow. We're doing a, a tribute to Brian Bosworth
2: yeah you gotta see stone cold oh with a jacked up up lance henriksen yeah he's i mean there's so many amazing character actors in that movie and the stunt work is phenomenal i mean like baxler is i mean like look
1: at fucking predator it's top fucking notch it's one of the best action movies ever i mean it's beyond an action movie it's yeah it's a a lot of things but as just a straight-up action movie it's like it's hard to compete, you know? Yeah,
0: only surpassed mm-hmm. by its sequel, Predator 2. Oh, okay, that's enough. Hey, buddy, <laughs> I got an agenda. <laughs> Let's
2: dial it back and notch, Keith. Uh,
0: maybe up, one day man. we'll release that uh, The Lost episode. Yeah, that was the first one we
1: did, and we're just like, we can't release it this. It was it's barely. Too...
2: Wait, it was about Predator 2?
0: Yeah.
1: we No, we recorded two episodes before we ever released one, just to kind of like practice and warm mm-hmm. up. And they're like unlistenable. They're
2: absolute garbage. W- w- was that one so controversial you couldn't release it?
1: I think it was just like four hours long of us talking about literally nothing.
2: Okay, all right. Well, like kind of like the beginning of this one. Yeah,
0: like, re- re- remember yeah. when Johnny, the Bill Paxton got his spine ripped out? Oh yeah, that was great.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, but <laughs> then, it, that movie, does like, sound
1: great. This movie came out at the height of the buddy cop era, you know, so it. There's all this pre-existing setups and pre-existing characters that are so formulaic. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's something, like, and it is all those things, but there's enough things in it that, like, make it seem fresh to me or seem legit at least. Like, the Mm -hmm. opening news intro. Oh, that is easily one of the
0: mm -hmm. the top scenes. It seems so legit. It seems real, you know? I love any any movie that starts off with a legitimate news scene uh, that Mm -hmm. they're not showing. Uh, sort of full screen, but characters are watching on a television right. in the movie. I'm in. I'm all the way in. <laughs> and
3: yeah.
1: then like that, like there's that frat boy who's just like talking about like, oh, these aliens are so much smarter than me, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> work with them. Like, how am I supposed <laughs> to get a job if these guys yeah. are smarter than me? Like, we should just send these aliens back to Jupiter. You a seven
0: year old's gonna take my job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just <laughs>
1: seems it seems so real in the terms of yeah. like. Obviously, this movie is about, like, racial tensions and all this stuff, and it's a metaphor for all that. And I think specifically the newcomers in this movie that are supposed to represent uh, Asian-Americans. Like, I think that's pretty obvious. And, like, the way he was talking about it, like, if you watch the old news clips of people talking about, like, the Japanese coming to America and, like, stealing our jobs in the 80s and, like, being so smart and hardworking and how that's not fair, it's like that guy sells it so well to the point where I'm like did they trick a regular like redneck yeah. like frat boy yeah. into thinking there was actually aliens taking into his jobs and you like know, maybe to... they did it's the possible Maybe they really did impressive. like what do you
2: what do you what do you think of the japanese oh let me tell you and then they just film that like, yeah. by the way you want to be in a film
1: son so the overall so i guess we didn't even do that the overall premise of this movie to people who don't know it's about Uh, An alien ship kind of crash lands on Earth. It's like a massive ship that has hundreds of thousands of aliens in it. And it was a slave ship of all these aliens from a particular planet that were like genetically engineered as slaves. And now they're refugees to Earth. They land in California. Naturally. uh, Naturally. yeah. And and, uh, they are super smart. They're super hardworking. And they kind of assimilate very well in certain ways, in other ways, they don't. And it, what ends up this movie's being is it's about a human cop who hates the aliens being partnered with he, ed, the he, first alien. He doesn't cop. trust them, you know? He
0: doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust them. You know? That uh, UFO footage is tremendous. That just that massive ship just sort of floating over California. Yeah, we've seen a lot of quote-unquote UAF activity recently that the government has acknowledged, right? Yeah. What would it take for you guys to sort of buy in? Would it take something as extreme as this sort of city-sized UFO uh, hovering over and dumping, you know, slaves into California? Or are you dazzled enough by sort of these twitchy blips on, you know, dodgy uh, radar? I
1: would need something much mm-hmm. more susta- substantial than Twitchy Blips on Dodgy Raider because while those could be alien ships, there's not enough evidence to suggest – to confirm that it is. I don't believe in things – I want to like – I think all those concepts are cool, but I don't just believe in things because I think they're cool. I need more substantial evidence.
2: He needs those hard facts. That's what he needs.
1: How hard I, I, do they I'm, have to
0: be, Chad? For you?
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I've always kind of felt like aliens are a real thing. I, I wouldn't need a whole lot, honestly. Like I'm sort of similar with Sasquatch. If you get the smallest bit, like that, there was that uh, recent um, documentary that was like. Uh, uh, it was documenting Sasquatch murdering uh oh, yeah. weed growers in Humboldt. Yes. I was like, I'm fucking in, you know? And so, like, the first episode, I'm just like, let's fucking see this evidence. I was on board immediately, and then it's like, oh, that's not what it was. I'm like, I'm out. Come on. Where's my Sasquatch content? They did the get that
0: Patterson Gimlin interview, though, with the guy in the suit who was like, yeah, they yes. paid me to go in the suit, and uh I did it. It was
1: me. Yep i'm not convinced about that like what is that like zapruder film of bigfoot it's not the zapruder no that's what is that that's (laughs) the that's the kennedy assassination (laughs) but i mean like it's that level killed kennedy (laughs)
3: yeah
1: oh no but uh you know like why would those two dudes who like so allegedly filmed sat like sasquatch why would they pay a third person to put on the Bigfoot suit when one of them could just put it on because neither one of them are in the video. I'm like, why would you pay a third person money mm. and then worry about that third person keeping quiet when one of you could just do it? It doesn't make... That doesn't, to me, doesn't make sense. The best part of that... What's that called? Yeah, like, Sasquatch. like
2: getting questions.
1: It's just called Sasquatch? That's what the documentary is called? I believe so. That show?
3: I think the so, best yeah. part
1: about that is, like, they interview some of the Sasquatch hunters and there's that, like... Like older gay couple, who just bicker about Uh Sasquatch's (laughs) powers. That is the best part. Yeah, that was funny. Where he's just like, "You believe all that bullshit that Sasquatch can teleport and camouflage? No, I don't. No, I don't. I believe that he can hide very well. But uh, no, you've said that he can he can teleport."
0: (laughs) And they're wearing matching cargo shorts. (laughs) Yes, it's so fucking (laughs) great.
2: that was the best part of the thing is, like, it introduced you to characters that you wanted to see more of. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have done a whole documentary about just the formation. I thought the most interesting stuff was about the formation of Humboldt County. I thought that was really weird. Like
1: Yeah, I when he gets more stuff, and more into really the murder and just kind of fizzles out, like, Yeah, I because guess. the yeah. host
0: spent the whole time chasing clues from all these, like, meth heads at diners in the middle of nowhere. Right. Like, what did he expect?
1: Yeah. exactly. yeah. yeah. There was, one, of- that,
2: there was one point, like, he, he, like, he interviewed somebody at this bar. I think it was called, like, Manny's or something. And, like, I drive by that all the time when I go up to Humboldt. Like, to, I've done shows up there quite a bit. And, like, I was like, I know exactly where that is. So, it's in Laytonville. and <laughs> Okay, that meant nothing. It's a yeah, town all, that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> I'm like cool, Chad. Yeah.
0: You've been in the sticks. Like, like <laughs> I'm
2: glad. I'm glad you've seen this fucking bar that this method got interviewed at. Who gives a shit? That's the
0: perfect f- way to just stop this uh, discussion. This sidebar dead in its track. No, we need to get back on track yeah. here because yeah, oh, the, right, There's you're a right. goddamn okay, so- car ride between James Khan and his partner that like really sets up this whole movie because he's he's doesn't trust. He's explaining to his partner, a black man, how he doesn't trust these people, you know? He mm-hmm. just doesn't trust them because they do weird things and they act differently. And the irony is, like, completely lost on him. He's, like, looking this guy in the face while talking to him and just doesn't...
1: Right. It's very much... That's very much more for the audience. And that's a little heavy-handed. I love it. Uh, But, you know, the setup of this movie, it's just like like... It is, like, cliche, but it's also, like, just kind of, like, fun and gritty and... Uh, I don't know, to me it feels like, oh, why do I love film noirs? Because they hit all these tropes. Why do I love this era of cop movies? They hit all these tropes and there's a weird alien in it,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: A barely sucks, awake yeah. Mandy Patinkin.
1: I think <laughs> Mandy Patinkin
0: is so fucking good in this movie. And I think it's performance when?
1: Entirely. <laughs> in the elevator? He, when he freaks out? You know what? He's doing stuff that's like maybe a little too good for this movie maybe like because I like I said I do think this movie has its flaws and like it could be better and like it's kind of a B movie he understates so much of his performance and then when he freaks out or gets weird it it really works for me like the scene where like so one of the uh, things in this movie is these this alien species salt water is highly deadly to them it's like acid to them so they, they melt if they get hit with salt water. And they're going to a murder site on the beach and the way he like starts kind of quietly freaking out when they get closer and closer to the beach to me just like totally sells a level of believability about his character and the situation because that's kind of a corny setup where it's like oh you're on earth and aliens and all the aliens are allergic to salt water so like it's too convenient type of thing but like the way yeah. he sells that scene where he's just like can you please stop the car like he never freaks out he's just like he's like yeah I'll stop the car But are almost there he's like no 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 like it's I've seen people do that about things that are really nervous about that they can't explain yeah. it's like a, it's a panic people.
2: attack
1: yeah it's like you can't like, no one else is going to understand why they're so nervous and he sells that so well and yeah and when he's in the, the you said the scene in the elevator like when he freaks out in the elevator it's like This entire time before that, he's felt like he's had to put this facade on to be, you know, like a model representation of his people, and like, like I said, once again, I think these are the newcomers are clearly supposed to represent the American impression of Asian immigrants and whatever they always called the model minority. Like, it's like he's doing that, and then in that elevator scene, maybe he seems like he's not a great actor in the other scenes because his character is acting. His character is trying to be a perfect American male, you know, and, and, but also not rock the boat, you know, he's not going to try and be like the tough John Wayne. He's going to be like very polite, but also perfect. And you see him like kind of break down in the elevator. I'm not a like, I have never been like uh, a guy who's like, oh, Mandy Patinkin's great. Like you caught caught him on Broadway. Fantastic. And like, I don't give a shit about that guy. (laughs)
2: But like he,
3: I don't sells give a, a shit,
2: shit about that guy. Why'd you say that? He's a good man, damn
0: it. <laughs> Chad, did you ever catch Mandy Patinkin on Broadway? No, but I
2: also love that he's like, I don't give a shit <laughs> about Mandy Patinkin. Like, what? He seems like a cool dude. And I yeah, mean, he's fucking. He's definitely had some good roles, man. Like, uh, he's, I, he's I, set, I actually but, think he's. I agree with you. I think he's super good in this movie, and the, the reason being is because he's very subtle. Yeah, he sells it so hard for me. Where like
1: James Caan is not subtle in this movie, but also like that's kind of the point. He's supposed to be like the yeah, exactly. ultimate like, the ultimate like I'm an American dude. Like I like fucking drinking beer and like f- uh, watching football. Like he shows up to work yeah, in a Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys shirt. shirt and like just like slaps people around for no reason. Like the cliches in this movie kind of work because. This movie's kind of almost a satire in a lot of ways. And maybe it doesn't like complete. Maybe the it's, the movie's biggest flaw is it doesn't completely lean into one thing or the other. It's like we want to be mm-hmm. an action movie. We want to be a satire. We want to be social commentary. And it doesn't do any of them completely. Like maybe if it did one solely and then did the other ones on the periphery, it would work like slightly better. But the parts of this movie that work really work for me. So I can forgive all of its flaws.
0: Mm-hmm chad have you ever considered uh this idea that it's up to the viewer to kind of watch the the a certain movie under the correct certain circumstances and sort of emotional state otherwise it can the the whole experience can go haywire
2: totally yeah i've definitely watched movies where i've been in a bad state of mind for that particular film and then rewatched it and been like oh I was, i was completely wrong and that's actually a really good movie. That happened with me with the movie Mandy. It's not not oh. Mandy Patinkin biography, the Nicolas Cage film. Which You know, it should have had a little bit more about Mandy Patinkin in it. But, you know, <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was like, I I was just I had a bad experience at the theater I saw it at. And I was like kind of in a shitty mood. And I didn't like the movie. And then I rewatched it again recently. I was like, oh, that movie is awesome.
1: That's crazy because so. I distinctly remember you sending me a text after you saw it. saying i fucking hate mandy yeah Yeah. it's the worst movie i've seen since tusk wow did i say that
2: yes wow i really didn't like it at the time
1: and i was just like like floored i was like i can understand like you know it not being your thing or whatever but like like hating it that much i was like that's a pretty good movie and it's like it's like even if you like didn't like the movie a bit, you could be like, "Oh, it's got good like a good soundtrack, or the cinematography is really good, yeah. or like I didn't understand the absolute like detest for it." Yeah. But yeah, that's really they, interesting because I've... I've had I've had that same thing like the uh, the first time I saw uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, I fucking hated it. I shut the movie off, mm. and yeah. then I was like th- three or four months later, I was like, I should watch that again, and I loved it. You know, same with, like, Wild at Heart. I
0: hated that movie the first time I saw it, and I watched it again. I was like, this is pretty good, you know? It can be tough sometimes. And based on what you just said, Elliot, uh, I think you made a really good point about him, uh, the uh, George, the character, the alien alien man, played by Mandy Batinkin. You made a great point about him sort of suppressing his tendencies and having to sort of be undercover and assimilate and be a model citizen. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if then, if maybe I was watching it, uh, kind of expecting something a little bit different or, uh, hoping for something different. And just all of that went right over my head while I was watching well,
1: it's, it. It's interesting. You said that because after I watched it in this, in this round for the, for the show, usually I go and read like some reviews, like from the, t- from the time it came out and like then, or also just like, kind of like beef up on some like you know production trivia and one of, and i read roger ebert's review of it and his review of it is like he is pretty much that that he always just was like he went in with certain expectations about it and being like so i went and saw this movie about an alien and a human cop detective and i was kept expecting it to be more about like aliens but then it was just more about them being partners and i didn't like it and it's kind of like yeah, there's some really interesting things you could do delving more into, like, the alien culture and how they assimilated to into into America or Earth in general, but that's not really the movie, you know? Like, that could be a good movie, but what's, what's necessarily wrong with just having an alien cop and a human cop team up,
0: you know? Well, to the movie's credit, like, the setup really is, like, here's these newcomers and Uh, That whole car ride that uh, the two cops take at the beginning is like, here's how they've assimilated into Earth culture. There's nothing really, there's only some minor things about newcomer culture and and their biology and things like that. But mostly it's, you know, look how they've, uh, you know, become prostitutes and involved in gangs and, uh, you know, become captains of industry and all these different things. Just like anybody else
2: i did think it was funny like the movie came out in 1988 and it's set in 1991 which is like you know right like three years three years later and it's like oh my god things are so different i think that's such a bold move for like any sci-fi movie to be like this is what things are going to be like in three years (laughs) yeah like well i mean they don't really change the tech they don't really change the
1: technology or anything it's just like no i know if today aliens showed up and they were super, like, adaptable, yes. what would it be like a few years from now? But you're totally right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, one of the funniest, like, I laughed so hard when I saw, I, n- I never noticed this in the movie before, but they passed a, a movie theater and the marquee says Rambo, Rambo Six. 6. Rambo
2: 6, yeah. yeah. And it's like
1: they and made it's a, three such a, of them. Such a, <laughs> such a fucking cheap joke, you know? Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's like a bad Simpsons joke or something. But
1: it made me laugh, so, I mean, like, what can I say, you yeah. know? Like also yeah. in Roger Ebert's like, review, he was. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Uh, yeah, in the space between like Rambo three and 1988 and 1991, they've already made three sequels. <laughs>
0: it's kind of a predictor, though, because right, Stallone would go on to kind of create that pace with some of his, you know, more recent movies. He's just cranking them out year after year. Didn't the Expendables yeah. come out all, all, all come out pretty quickly?
1: Yeah, they came out pretty. Uh pretty quick i mean sequels come out like way faster than they used to like in general i i feel
2: like you know uh i don't know about that i mean the the bond movies were definitely like cranking them out year like one year apart yeah that's true i guess maybe more like you see
1: i mean like yeah in the 80s like oh friday the 13th movies came out one after another yeah you see movies with like mega stars that's true being like like how many like john wick movies love john wick movies but like Mm -hmm. in the past they would not come out of this like quick of secession, you know
3: Uh, I mean they Um, still I don't know
1: they
2: still give them like three years in between usually maybe you're right I could just be like
1: what
0: happened with uh, uh, Matrix Matrix Reloaded and uh, and uh, Revolutions they they shot shot those back to back Back -back, and then they came out like what four months apart or something like that yeah something kooky
1: Very close mm-hmm. together. I don't. I don't think it was that close, but it was like in the same year.
0: Yes, pretty mm-hmm. absurd.
1: It was. So in in a Roger Ebert's review of this movie, he, it's really funny because he offers alternatives for how this movie goes. He goes, "This story has been recycled <laughs> so often, we can recite the dialogue right along with the characters." But we're thinking maybe the aliens will provide new angle. The, the filmmakers couldn't think of one, alas. But I'm happy to offer several. Example one, the newcomers have a secret agenda that they're not not concealing from humans. Oh, that they are concealing from humans. That's actually in the movie. So uh, one of his (laughs) ideas is in the movie. The second one is, this is invasion of the body snatchers all over again, except the pod people are operating in plain sight. That's a cool idea. It's also a movie that came out that same year called They Live. And then Mm -hmm. uh, three, the race that bred the newcomers to slaves sends his warships to recapture them and humans and newcomers fight side by side to repel them boring and then the third one or the fourth one is this is a political satire on the role of minority groups in los angeles which is kind of what the movie is already like so yeah he went in with like i said like you went in with these expectations for this thing that maybe it just wasn't enough of what he wanted or what these people wanted like i don't know like Maybe this was just like a bad timing type of movie, you know? Let me Maybe stop you ch-
0: for a second. I just want yeah. to remind you that uh Roger Ebert is in fact dead and you didn't have to kill him again.
2: Well, sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: you you should Don't we should on his grave, Elliot. We should have just called this episode Elliot. Elliot absolutely dis- eviscerates Roger Ebert. Here's Elliot what I'll say about Roger.
1: On Ebert's grave. <laughs> I think Roger Ebert is actually like is one of the better movie reviewers because he's not someone who feels like he just has to like tear something apart because he's a reviewer that being said when he doesn't like a movie he will say just the most unfounded things about it yeah just to, like <laughs> yeah. kind of like twist the knife you know it would be like and this movie had uh had a camera in it and it's like Well, yeah, all movies have cameras. That's how they shoot movies, you know? (laughs) (laughs) How dare they? They used a script for this movie. And it's like, well, yes, sir, that's how how you do it. Maybe this was like, maybe it was too close to, like I said, like I am firmly convinced that this is a metaphor for Asian Americans coming to America, you know, in that era. And maybe it's too close to what's going on for people to kind of like either pick up on it or accept it. Mm -hmm. I think this, I mean, there's, Movies that are have come out after this to have similar kind of like plots or deal with similar ideas that have been more successful. Uh, District Nine, it's I mean, it's not a buddy cop movie, yeah. but it deals with a lot of the same issues. Uh, you yeah. we talked about this movie a lot of like alienation a lot when we talked about Bright, which is not a great movie, but we just didn't think it deserved the like like reaming that it got, but like we all we said, like mm-hmm. it's we did say, like it's alienation but it's not as good as alienation you know it's the same concept but like that movie is even though it was critically reamed was very popular you know and this movie was not
0: chad what'd you yeah. think of uh, bright did you ever check that one out
2: i actually never saw that movie no i think i was kind of put off by the reviews of it that made it seem like it was like not worth seeing it's weird because it's
1: not it's there's dumb stuff in it and it's not the best movie you're ever going to see but like when you, if you list like read a review of how awful it is and you watch it it's it doesn't really add up it's like it's a perfectly yeah like fine movie it has some, a few like really good action scenes and it's pretty fun and like when you just people ream it so hard it just seems like one of those movies that everyone decided they weren't going to like before it came out type of
0: thing. Yeah, in fact, I yeah. might I might give it a second look cuz after watching this, I'm sort of and after kind of some of the stuff you've already touched on, I'm like, "Hmm, maybe I just need to look at it with different eyes. Maybe I'm at fault here."
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a hard concept like are you at fault because obviously the movie is supposed to sell itself
2: to you.
0: How can I suck less is a question that I often ask myself. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I one thing that kind of like I I was reading up on, I didn't know that the original score for this movie was done by fucking jerry goldsmith and i read that last night too yeah that's insane because that guy is one of the best composers of in film history
1: they said it was too weird they said his score was too weird and they wanted a more like traditional score which i do really like the score in this movie it is a very like kind of like classic 80s like there's like saxophone like like cues and stuff you know like it really works but i can I would like to hear what his original score was. I also read that the movie was, like, delayed because it was heavily re-edited to be, like, more Uh fast-paced, which maybe there was... It's pretty short. It's, like, 90
2: minutes, right? Yeah,
1: like, maybe there was a lot more stuff about, like, the aliens integrating into society. And, like I said before, like, why I don't think it necessarily needs to be about... Like, it doesn't necessarily need to be as heady as Roger Ebert demanded it to be. Like, it would have been nice to see a little bit more of the newcomer culture mm-hmm. like we go to james khan's house but we never go to uh mandy patinkin's house you know we don't yeah. like we get little blips of it and it would be like a little bit more interesting maybe to go like deeper into what do they call it in oh they call it slag town like where all the aliens yeah live. yeah it would be totally interesting to go more into that environment and investigate that a little bit more because mm-hmm. when they do do that, it's some of my favorite scenes of the movie, you know?
2: Yeah. You know what? That reminds me when I, I, I watched um, the movie Gung Ho recently and which I actually kind of thought sucked, like Ron Howard movie, Be, <laughs> yeah. because like when the, the stuff, when they, the, by far the most interesting stuff, the stuff with the Getty Wat- Watanabe, uh, when they show his family trying to adapt to America is so much more interesting than the fucking American characters. Yeah. I was like, why didn't they make the movie about that? Like, that was so much more compelling to me than like fucking George went like getting hammered. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, who gives a fuck about these assholes? Like, like it, it was it seemed like a way it would be way more ripe for a movie. And so like most of the movie I thought sucked. But the moments where they're sho- trying to show his character adapting to like the change of his life to american life was way more fucking interesting
1: so that's interesting you bring that up because when i was i have not seen that movie since i was a little kid but i loved that movie when i was a little kid but the only parts i can remember are the parts you're referring to you know of the yeah. trying to adapt and there's not many of them there's not but those are the only parts i can remember and getty watanabe he's have you ever like watched that guy in interviews he's so cool like he's so smart and like it's really a shame that like he often didn't get uh He's great in that movie. He's great in that movie and but like most of his roles are just kinda like, you know, like throwaway like and totally. the Asian guy roles and it's like, dude, that guy yeah. is like so funny, so smart. And I would have yeah. It's disappointing because like yeah, like there's that I remember there's a scene where he's just like in that movie where he gets like fed up with American culture and he's like his wife is like trying to, like, cook an American meal. He's like, I don't want this fucking shit. I'm sick of these fucking Americans to do. And, like, his kid is, like, yeah. dressed up in, like, American army yeah. clothes. He's like, no more fucking G.I. Joe. No more Twisted Sister. And like, no more Jimmy Jeans yeah. fucking sausages.
2: It's yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah.
1: great, you know?
2: Yeah, it's really good.
1: And, like, maybe, yeah, maybe some more of that stuff would have been good in Alien Nations where, like, like he... Uh, Manny Patikan's character is like like I've been trying to fit in with these fucking humans, and they all just give me shit. Uh-huh. And I like I've lost my patience. Like a scene like yeah. that might have helped. There, there's not a lot of, of that at all in that film. No, it's very little of that. You get that some for some more from some other characters than you do from his character. You know,
2: yeah, it's just true. like
1: throwaway characters. You know, like the like the, mm-hmm. the like the in the nightclub, the dancer character and stuff. You get a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah the setup not- to that was like I was excited to, to get to that because they're like oh encounters the alien strip club on the edge of town we're yeah. gonna go check yeah. it out and then they do and then it's this you know sort of sultry alien lady uh, unrolling sultry. herself like a roll of toilet paper
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. I was like what's
0: the significance of this and then they go backstage mm. and you get your obligatory is James Conn gonna fuck this alien scene Right, yeah <laughs> And then there's no real payoff there either. And then, yeah, the character no. sort of shows up uh, once more, but literally she's just there to you know, drum up these uncomfortable feelings within you and make you start thinking about what you would do in that situation. And then just she disappears.
1: So apparently, there was a whole other subplot with that character with the guy who gets like the like the newcomer who gets like thrown into the ocean is her boyfriend but they like they re-edited the movie uh to like and they cut all that stuff out so there was a lot more stuff with her which made her character i guess make more sense in the original cut of the movie and they did like yes re-edited and did adr to like change it to like streamline the plot but there was like a whole segment of a different like the character that gets thrown in the ocean in the movie and they say, like, oh, we threw this guy in the water, is not the same guy who got thrown into the move into the water when they filmed it.
3: Oh. Okay.
0: We need to release the baker cut. It's it sounds like that's <laughs> yeah. the
3: that's exactly
0: yeah. what needs to happen because the much longer director's cut of this film is is where all the meat Which, and potatoes are at.
1: Did you look over this guy's filmography? Because it's pretty like non existent. Yeah. Oh, I love the yeah, final conflict.
2: Sweet. I love I love that, like, one of the next movies after was like some motorcycle movie with John Stamos. Yes. <laughs> Where it's like, he's, like, the ta- he's like a the tagline. The tagline is, he was born to break the rules. Damn. I saw, like,
1: I guess James Khan does not like this movie. And one of the things he talks about is the director. And he goes like, ah, he was a nice guy, but he was like some British guy. <laughs>
2: I love that they're making a film about prejudice, like, the content. Yeah. He's like, this fucking piece of shit going This ahead. fucking limey son of a bitch comes to America like, and tries to yeah. tell me how to make my movies? Yeah. He's like, what's with the accent, you fuck? <laughs> 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 he, he, it, like, it made him more prejudice. That's fucking hilarious.
1: Speaking of which, like, the end of the, the very end of this movie, like, there's, like I said, there's a couple of parts in this movie that make me laugh out fucking loud. And the very end, mm-hmm. like, he's like, okay, like, him and, like, uh, James Caan and Manny Patekin, they're, like, buddies now. They're at his daughter's wedding. He's like, Andy Patekin is fixing James Caan's bow tie. He's like, I'm an alien. I'm fixing yeah. your tie. I don't know how to do this. And then they... Go down like he's walking his daughter down the line, and then out of the blue, there's has not been a voiceover at all in this movie. And James Con goes like, "Well, my daughter got a new husband, and I got a new partner, and like everything's kind of okay." And then yeah. like that <laughs> song starts playing, that's mm-hmm. like so clearly about like, "Hey, this is about how people overcame their differences." Where it's like, "We are one Yeah, it's like we, we are brothers. brothers. Yeah. It's like stand together, yeah. beside each other, and that's the song funny. like. Honestly, I think the song's catchy, and it's like, I would listen to that song on its own. But it's like, you know there was some studio head who was like, I don't know if it's clear that James Caan overcame his differences or that they're <laughs> partners. Because in the last scene, yeah. he said, the whole movie said he doesn't want to be partners with this guy, and now he does. And it's like, mm-hmm. you better, we have to have this voiceover that we know that his daughter got married because it happens like off screen. It's like, yeah, but he's walking his daughter to you know to the altar it's like yeah but we don't see the wedding we have to say that it
2: happens it's not as corny as the ending of that was it volcano remember when like all the ashes running down and, oh my like, god like it's like, like there, everyone's the same every- yeah oh man that's just one of the i remember in the theater everyone just going oh <laughs> it was brutal
1: yeah, that's that's. I mean, that movie also just sucks in general. So you can't forgive yeah. any of its bad parts. Uh, I mean, I do think this is the best science fiction movie that Terrence
2: Stamp has been in. I like the I like that um, Terrence Stamp like wouldn't play. He like he was like he wouldn't do that when he when he got changed by the drug. He wouldn't. Yeah. Be, uh, he wouldn't get the more extensive makeup. He's just like. I mean, why would I you? I am Terrence you know? Stamp. I am Lord Zod. I I do yeah. what I want.
1: Like why would you though? I mean, it's like you like you have no lines. Most of your stuff is gonna be a yeah. stuntman anyway. It's like oh, there's gonna be two shots yeah, of true. me in this, you know, in this scene. You know, what do you guys mm. feel about that scene where it's like the they take the drug that turns him into the
0: super alien? Oh yeah, the super shredder transformation. It's,
2: it's fine. I mean, I again, like the effects are okay, but again, it's nothing like particularly like, knock your socks off, it's okay. The effect, like, I mean, Stan Winston worked on this, and, like, he's amazing, so th- it's a little disappointing in a way. honestly think, yeah, I think aggressive. in general the, the
1: the makeup effects are kind of disappointing. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah the final so, transformation
0: the, ends up looking like uh, sort of one of the, the low-key characters from uh, Return of Swamp Thing, which I like that movie yeah. a lot, but, um, yeah, they put kind of minimal effort in, you know, just sort of, making the, the vascularity of his brain jump out. you know he's yeah. got those deep deep veins mm-hmm. and then just sort of hulking out of his his shirt and jacket. And after, actually after that scene where they pull up in the police car up to the uh, ambulance uh, that's torn open, I love I'm, I'm so in love with those scenes where a car pulls up and the headlights hit sort of uh, the aftermath of some gnarly moment. It like goes oh. all the way back to like the original Halloween where those they turn into the sanitarium and the lights hit, uh, the the patients just milling around in the yard yeah, behind the fence. That's so good. Yeah, like those reveal moments are awesome, and I thought they did a pretty good job here with the the ambulance all torn open and and then uh, like
1: the the AMTs the with their like guts ripped out.
0: And yeah, stuff. they're missing, you know, some very which crucial is like components. something that we
1: haven't like. It's so different from anything we've seen in the movie. So when they when the characters have a reaction of like, "What the fuck just happened here?" It's like. Similar to our reaction, because there's been no build, there's been no precursor to that within the movie, you know. Uh, I think the kind of, like, general concept of, like, oh, I took this drug and I became, like you said, like, super shredder alien is kind of corny. But once again, Mandy Patinkin kind of sells the concept.
3: Oh,
0: definitely. This notion that when you OD, it doesn't have sort of the, the human effect of, like killing you it it actually like levels you up into this unstoppable killing machine is uh, I mean that was you know unexpected
3: yeah mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm going to the bathroom you guys talk about shit for a second oh my okay. god
2: <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to discuss while he he know. says uh, he's going to the bathroom that means he's gonna drop a fat dump okay oh yeah spoiler I mean spoiler
0: alert I'm happy with his the amount of regularity that he exhibits uh, on mm-hmm. a monthly basis when we uh, do these shows. So it's, you know, it's good to know that my friend is, is taking care of their, he's their bowel health. Dumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's
2: chugging the gronies and he's chugging uh, some Pepto.
0: Let me just touch on something though, because there's a, there's a bar scene in this movie where they go into, to get some answers. They're in slag town mm-hmm. uh, to, to ask some, some of the tough questions. And yeah. uh, they do a funny bit where he's uh, sort of, which one of you is, uh, I forget the guy's name they're looking for. But he's like, which, which one of you guys is such and such? And then uh, uh, everybody turns and looks at them, and uh, one guy in the back goes, who wants to know? And then they <laughs> they go back and talk to that guy, and it's, oh, God, I forget his name. He's uh, one of the goons from uh, Fright Night 2. He sort of looks like Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, Brian Thompson. Yep, that's Brian it. Thompson. It's Brian Thompson with the yeah. giant cranium makeup, and... uh when he stands up, obviously he towers over James Kahn and uh, mm-hmm. we get a little bit of a self-defense lesson out of this because James Kahn tries to hit him in the groin uh, as you would with any, any mm-hmm. normal assailant to incapacitate him and it doesn't work. <laughs> and so Mandy Patinkin, it's George character is like, you know, you got to hit them under their armpit, like right here, sort of in the titty mm-hmm. and that will get the desired effect. You yeah. are a, self-trained, but highly capable bodyguard to the stars. <laughs> how would you handle yes. a scenario like that?
3: Mm.
2: Well, I agree. Like if, I mean, obviously their body uh, is different than a human body. So you got to listen to old San Francisco. And if it's under the armpit, I think that's like actually like a pretty well-known like judo move is to like hit them un- in that area. Cause it's super sensitive in the armpit area. So, I think that was taken from like an actual like martial art uh, move, like from like judo, like just to like clock them under the arm.
0: Yeah, there's like a main artery su- running yeah, for there. Would, I bet that would
2: hurt super bad if you got like <laughs> just like especially like kicked in there. Oh my God. So, that That'll would be probably like mess up your, yeah.
0: Your sort of signature so. move is your your kicking combinations.
2: So, speaking
1: yes. of that, I've been back for a while, guys. I just haven't said anything.
0: Will you let the man talk about his it. ability to do violence?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, when you're talking about the armpit, and, yeah. like, you're saying, like, that's a signature move. One of my most, like, like wincy moments in any movie is in a, The Devil's Backbone where mm-hmm. they stab the bad guy in the spear, in the armpit with a spear. Yeah. Oh, man. It, that makes me cringe, like, t- tighten up so much. It's like the, thinking of like getting
2: stabbed in the armpit. So I totally get it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird space. And like, it's not one that's going to get hit very often just because of the way your body is designed. But if it's open up and like you can like clock somebody there, it's going to fuck them up for sure.
0: That's the end of that chapter. Uh, Elliot, how your bowel there movement? There,
1: but... Oh, I just peed. My The, the, the oh, urge to poop is completely passed.
2: Okay. Past like that dump you just took? Well, I don't know. I mean, I...
0: <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever have a, like one of those bowel movements where it's just like, it's essentially like a couple little pebbles? Oh, yeah. Like of it's, you know I don't know what types of foods or what sort of combination of stomach enzymes set that off, but it's very unsatisfying. They, those just it sort is. of fall out of Especially your butthole. when
2: it feels like you're like, oh my God, this is going to be huge. And then you're like, beep! And you're like, that was not enjoyable at all. God damn it do you ever have ones where it feels like there's
1: so much gas coming out with the poop that you're yeah like just something that's like falling out of an open void? Yeah. As if, <laughs> like, as if like your asshole is just like spread apart and it's yeah. like, you're not pushing things out. They're just falling out with no resistance. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking yeah. about?
2: Yeah. I call that pushing out a Patinkin.
1: There we go. Um, yeah. There was a, there was a period of time where I was taking psyllium husk every day Which, and was- psyllium husk it's like uh it's like a just like pure fiber you yeah. it's like ground up and you mix it with water and uh you drink it and the poops i would have as i would get up in the morning and i'd go sit on the toilet and it would literally be like for a half a second it would be like bloop and that's all i would feel but then if i looked yeah. the entire bowl was just
2: full <laughs> of turds they were like six inches around and but it it's not. It like, wasn't. It, it didn't feel satisfying, though. I mean, it, only if you looked at it. Because if you looked at it, like fuck yeah, I just <laughs> fucking did. That's right.
1: I filled that shit. Like, that came I'm out a of powerful me. Powerful man. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> right, a man, it, like, it would feel like nothing came out of you. Like, but like then you'd yeah. look around and be like, "What the fuck just happened? How did that? Like, like literally, like, like turds as big as around as your forearm." Mm -hmm. like coiling up the entire bowl and it's like okay well that just happened i didn't feel anything but it came out of me It was an amazing experience i really recommend it
0: (laughs) what's truly amazing is that you found the most disgusting way possible to avoid the sort of sobering question of whether or not you'd fuck an alien by just discussing these this bowel movement stuff Mm -hmm. over and over again
1: oh was that a question that happened when i was gone
0: no, I mean I, I, I po- posed that around. question, sort of brought that broached that topic earlier, but I mean I don't think oh, anyone's truly just, prepared to. Uh, you mean
1: just talking about like whether James Con would have or wouldn't have fucked?
0: Him no, whether him. or not if you were in James Con's shoes, if you, mm. oh, what, what I don't you would
1: recall
2: do. this being proposed to us. Yeah, I
1: don't <laughs> but recall. I it think
2: either. I think I would. I think I would be down for it to be honest. I would too. If I was,
1: I mean, like, I mean, obviously, there's situations like, am, am I single? Uh it
0: like <laughs> you are you are <laughs> yeah. a sad dad, James Conn I
2: mean anytime oh. those questions are proposed, Elliot, it, it's under the assumption that it's if you are single. I you know. know, I'm just trying to like clarify, you know. Yes. Um
1: You're divorced with can, a daughter who's it, about to get married it, what, and you say oh, the
0: answering machine tapes where she tells you that she loves yeah. you. Those are the if circumstances. That is,
1: if that is the case, there's no way
2: I'm not fucking that alien. <laughs> yes, there we go. I just imagine, like, Francis listening to this being like, you better clarify, you piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, you just got to cover the bases, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Now, uh, this is something that has not been brought up. Uh, it was written by a Rockney S. O'Bannon, which is
3: actually a um, pseudonym.
2: Yeah, Rockne S. O'Bannon which is a pseudonym for the 44th president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, actually wrote this movie. Wait,
1: is that? No, he did not. Well, I know he didn't write the movie, but is that true? Can we mix up those letters and spell Barack Obama? (laughs) No, it's just, I just thought it was funny. I don't know. You should have have run with that because I was like, legit, like, I know Barack Obama didn't write the movie, but is this true?
3: What's going on here? Yeah, is
2: this... Yeah, <laughs> I was just making a dumbass joke. <laughs> Worked for me.
0: That's super wild <laughs> that this is a real person and not someone's pseudonym. Because
3: I know that's he's a weird like name.
0: existing in parallel to Dan O'Bannon, right?
3: Yeah, but exactly. he's
0: writing like *Farscape* and *Sequest* and *Alienation*. Mm-hmm. Instead, he created
2: of, he created *Sequest*.
0: Yeah, that's which is a terrible wild.
2: Show. Really, *Sequest*. Fucking, yeah. Is that the Jonathan Brandis? In Sequest yeah. DSV. Wait,
0: DSV was the uh Yeah. That That's was when Michael name. Ironside took over.
2: Michael Ironside and Roy Scheider. Yeah, Roy Oh, Scheider Ted Raimi was, was on there. Wow.
1: So here's a thing I wrote down. Like, this was uh So some cars explode for absolutely no reason in this movie, which happens in a lot of movies, Hell but this yeah. is like even more no reason. Mm-hmm. When do you think this is one of, I actually kind of, uh, this is a thing in movies I don't care for at all. It really bugs me when cars just kind of blow up. Uh, and there's other things equally as stupid that don't bug me, but for whatever reason, this one does. When do you think this became, that became a thing? Because it wasn't always a thing in movies. And I've been trying to figure out when was the first movie or first era where that started happening. Like just randomly cars are blowing up?
2: You know, like a car gets in a fender bender and it blows them. Yeah, it they're like up. whoa. I mean, the set probably the seventies because there were so many like car chases in movies at that time. So the that first had to movie have been I, something that occurred.
1: The first movie I can like the oldest movie I can think of where it happens is American Graffiti.
3: Okay.
2: Wow,
1: What's that's a really specific
2: right? reference. Is that seventy three? It's somewhere okay. around
1: there. It's early seventies, like. uh there's like that like 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 drag strip race at the end with harrison ford and harrison ford's car blows up i that's the oldest movie i can think of and that just started this trend of cars just blowing up because but
0: wait part of his his engine is exposed right and then he flips it
1: yeah that's not that's still like that's the engine doesn't blow up gas can blow up you know it'd be
0: the you're not you're not in charge of combustion who do you think you are (laughs)
1: i actually haven't i actually haven't put on charge of combustion it's a new job title i've taken on yeah (laughs) he's
2: the general (laughs) manager of combustion oh (laughs) oh, elliot i'm so proud of you dude you've
3: been wanting to get this job for a while responsibility
1: you know it's like it's definitely a career change uh but i think i'm up have you told your parents yet no not yet like i I haven't actually started yet so i want to be like Uh oh you know like how they've, they've always just judged me so hard and everything i do so yeah. it's like if, if i fail i don't want to be like oh i
2: got this job
1: and yeah, my dad yeah. was like oh it figures you little queer <laughs> well they yeah. yeah he never
2: fucking he never your dad never like supported you in that dream which i always thought was kind of fucked up a bit.
1: no i mean like you i mean you know you've known me longer than almost anybody chad like you know like high school days mm-hmm. i was like i want to be in charge of combustion
0: well, your mom's going to be disappointed. She yeah. always saw a future I, I for you that. as the I'm assistant to the regional manager. It. That's true. All right, let's cool. talk about this, this bonding scene.
1: you talking about where they're getting drunk?
0: Yeah, where the boys there. get drunk. Like, they really oh, yeah. have it out. I mean, there's been some scenes, you know, there, there's that scene with the hand cannon on the gun range where Khan really lets loose with the slurs and the, the sort of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, confrontational language but by by the certain point in the movie they are indeed they have sort of seems like they're going to reach an understanding and they start drinking vodka and drinking some spoiled milk and uh they uh i guess they fall in love really
1: they definitely become like that's definitely like one of the transitional scenes and i think the you know like between that and like the scene where like the other cops are making fun of him, and like James Con throws the, that cop's keys into the ocean. And he's like, "Lay off of him!"
0: Oh, that was so sweet.
1: It's it's awesome. It's a very rewarding scene, but like, uh, it's still kind of funny because James Con never stops using the racial slurs for the newcomers, even after they bond. He still keeps calling them slags and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: Flag Town.
1: Yeah, it's like he never. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's like I've grown to look at you as a human but i'm still gonna use racial slurs against you <laughs> it
2: was a precursor
1: to grand torino yeah right i mean i guess yeah i mean i guess that <laughs> stuff also like doesn't immediately go away just because you've learned your lesson in one way you know like you have to unlearn habits so yeah perhaps that's realistic it's still i just actually think like, that
2: kind of makes sense like I, I think most people would be that way honestly
1: well, I mean, honestly, like, you know, when we were growing up as kids, like, our generation, it was, like, totally cool to say, like, oh, this guy's a retard or anything. And then that – I realized that was not an okay thing to say later on in my life. But I still said it, you know, because I had mm-hmm. to unlearn a habit, you know.
0: Well, you were also pretty yeah, edgy. You know. Me? Yeah. You, you were into, like, Lord. taxidermy. and yeah. You got some wild tattoos. And...
2: Yeah. I don't know how that really and also <laughs> You're also you're also not a 1980s cop who looks like James Conn. <laughs> That's true. That's a really good point. So
0: at some point you have I'm the I'm same. I'm guessing sunglasses. he's not going to be
2: like. Yeah, I'm guessing he's going to fucking keep saying that for a while at least. Yeah, even after he's like, he's like, you're cool, but all all these other slags, right? Like
1: they they still suck. Yeah.
0: Hmm. He'll end up having that same conversation that he did with his previous partner. He's like, I just don't trust him. You know.
1: Yeah. Um. James Conn in that scene where they're bonding, like getting drunk, he tells literally the worst joke <laughs> you know, in the world. He like cracks and he up goes so like, hard. And and he goes like, I don't get it. I always like, and like, and uh, Mandy Patekin doesn't laugh seemingly because he's an alien who doesn't get jokes. And he goes, I don't get it. I always get a laugh out of that joke. It's like, that's literally the worst joke I've ever heard. So I don't know like, who you're, <laughs> getting, like, you're getting
2: laughs from.
0: Yeah. We feel that like newcomers. always happens in
2: movies. That happens all the time when they're like, it's the best joke ever. Like it's never a good joke. That's true. That's a, true. Like That's a good point. It's going to be a good joke. And think... then it
1: comes back, it comes back around later where like, uh, then Mandy Patikin who doesn't know earth jokes tells a joke, which is like, why did the chicken cross the road joke? And like, and, and James mm. comes like, Oh yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it.
0: That which felt is, improvised. Did, did you guys get that? Like did it, did that feeling?
1: It felt very natural like it like the like once again Mandy Patinkin's like delivery this, throughout this movie is so top notch uh which maybe it isn't maybe maybe just felt, felt so natural but like that legitimately is a good joke it's just a joke we all grew up with and we knew the punchline before we understood it so like mm-hmm. if there was an alien coming to earth like that would be hel- uh, and a and hilarious joke to them you know what i mean mm-hmm.
0: yeah i just felt like Khan's reaction was like a very genuine like organic reaction like it seemed like it got like a a real laugh out of him
2: maybe he's just that damn been. good though maybe you're underestimating the skills of Jimmy Conn oh
0: yeah maybe he just blew my mind yeah what, okay <laughs> yeah. so we've
2: talked about
1: like i've clearly stated that this is the only many particular p- uh, performance i care about james conn most famous <laughs> most <laughs> famous for the godfather does anyone have a favorite james conn performance
2: Ooh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, Misery is
1: great. Misery is very good. He is, he plays, uh, he he honestly kind of plays the role the way Manny Pacquiao plays this role. It's like he's a t- he's like a tough guy who's playing against his tough guy type, you know?
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. And like his character is a tough guy, but doesn't want to be perceived as a tough guy. And like James Caan's mm-hmm. a tough guy who doesn't want to be perceived as a tough guy. Misery is great. You know what movie I really like him in is a. Uh, Way of the gun.
0: Bro, are you kidding? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I have been thinking about that movie all summer long. I have so much to say about it. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Wait, way do you gun. like it? You know, I, I have watched it on multiple occasions, and on different occasions, it makes me feel a different way, and I feel like I'm watching a different movie. And I think yes. that's really cool. But it's also, like, it's such a... It has a lot of, like, dumb shit in the script, uh, just from Shane Black kind of screwing around, but... There is also like there's no other action movie like it.
1: I thought, yeah, I don't think was that was I thought that was a Christopher. I thought it was
2: Christopher McQuarrie. Do I
0: do that all the time? I swear to God, I was like the first time I watched it, I was like, I have to watch this Shane Black movie, The Way of the Gun. I think every time I I get that confused. I think
1: they kind of have similar writing styles, so it's it's not like crazy to compare between the two. It that movie definitely does have some stuff where it's like so much of its time where it's like particularly that yeah. opening scene where in the like where they get in the fight and the and it's like very totally. tarantino-esque but like tarantino yeah. on steroids and those are definitely the weaker parts of the movie but when that movie like kind of like settles down and becomes a little
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh like
1: yeah, just, the like, last kind of, the last half is really good when it falls into itself like it's really good and particularly like james Kahn's character i think it's just like
0: Oh, the enigmatic bag man.
1: And he's playing it down so hard, but he also does weird things like he has that big scar on his neck and he never turns his head. He just kind of always turns his body and it's very subtle. And he's kind of playing a character he's played before, but playing it somewhat against type. Holy shit.
0: I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. James Caan was in Dick Tracy and The Dark Backward.
1: Yeah, I did Whoa. Dark Backward. What the mm-hmm.
0: shit? He really? I knew yeah. he was in
1: Dick Tracy. I've yeah. seen it. Chad, you showed me the Dark Backward, but I've only seen it once. I, I do not remember him being in
2: that movie. Did you know, did you know that he that's my dad's like favorite movie? <laughs> I did know that. Yes. <laughs> the Dark Backward. Lo- <laughs> he loves that movie. I bought the, bought that for him for his birthday
1: one year. I did know that. Like in and guys, listen. I know you guys don't know Chad's dad, but like let me tell you something. Like <laughs> <laughs> This is done. the character of monk characters. He
3: is yeah. sort of and this, it,
0: by proxy. He is this this character that you've sort of created uh, by spinning the yarns of your childhood and and growing up oh, with yeah. him. It's really like if you've if anyone's paid attention to like the growth of your comedy career, like you've sort of woven him in here and there as kind of these like trivia bits, and it's like you've done yeah. a great job of kind of painting this portrait. But you could also it's like tr- he's,
2: it's. A, it's exaggerated, but it's true for the most part. Like the I was gonna say, it's is. not even exaggerated
1: because like you could listen to your comedy about your dad and be like, "Oh, this is obviously like, like uh, embellished or not." And like I'm listening to it and just thinking about experiences with your dad and like, yeah, you, and, like, you've, and, like, you've you've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen like and I'm just like, I'm like, if anything, I feel like you're playing it down. You know, like I guess, yeah. No one's (laughs) gonna believe the real Rick Opitz. (laughs) If I say that, they're gonna think that I'm just fucking
2: lying. So I gotta tone this shit down a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he fucking loved the dark backward, man. Like and that's such a bizarre. My dad has a really weird sense of humor. And uh that movie just like he was just couldn't he just was like, man, this is
3: amazing.
2: Actually, when I first when I first started. Stand up comedy, and I told him about that. He was like, Is it anything like the dark backward? <laughs> I'm like, No, dude. It's like, Why would I do like that? that yeah, it's not like that at all. But he's like, know, she's so like That was his, she's like, like you just lost a customer.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. But James Conn, he's like the doctor in that movie. That like, uh, when he finds out he's got like an arm growing out of his back, James Conn is the one that's Oh,
1: like, yeah, that's right. I mean James kind of also went through a weird transitional period you know between like the early 80s to the early 90s where it seemed like he was just like coked out of his mind and didn't really want to work you know
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and was just like taking jobs for money and then like misery happened and he's like okay I'm gonna start acting again and which not to say that like he wasn't acting, but I, I, clearly he was doing stuff he didn't care about. And then he did, like, some prestigious pictures in the 90s, and then all of the a yeah. sudden he was just, like, on, like, bad TV and, like, direct-to-video
2: movies. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty – it seemed like a fairly quick, like, fall after, like, the 90s.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he was on that
2: TV show
1: that was popular oh, yeah. but sucked, the was Las it Vegas Vegas show. or something? It was just, yeah. like, Vegas or Las Vegas. And then – Pretty much every movie he's been in, like, since, like, 2000 on has been pretty, uh, just, like, direct-to-video-ish.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy, because he's a fucking huge name. Like, people know James Caan. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he, like, got hit that hard and it hasn't happened to, like, you know, people. Because, I mean, he was a big leading man for a long time. I mean, sometimes it
1: maybe just comes down to, like, making, like a decent choice here and there like making the wrong choices or i don't know yeah. like it is kind of weird like you hear all the time about like actors who have fallen from grace who turned down like legitimately like great roles like burt reynolds turning down shit left and right no, and then yeah. starring in all this like really bad director video stuff and it's like why wouldn't you have just been in this movie you know like it's like yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg offers Burt Reynolds a role and he goes like no I'm not gonna do it you know and, it's like, and then he's in like yeah. some direct to video thing where he plays like a guy who fucks fish you know Yeah.
2: <laughs> God I wish that existed
1: didn't
0: see that Damn. one <laughs> <laughs> it probably no. does guys I, I, I was really,
3: just
2: spitballing the last, here, but... the last like big movie James Conn was in that like was good was probably Elf yeah no that was definitely like
1: I mean not just like good not That's good i think that was the last time. big movie he was in period that wasn't like
2: yeah true
1: some sort of like cable tv movie or like straight up direct to streaming or direct to video movie which i guess direct to streaming
2: isn't as <laughs> uh, like I'm, less- I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at his fucking filmography right now and dude some of the more recent ones have the funniest titles there's one called prego land <laughs> yes i and, saw that and then i didn't actually one see the movie but i saw that it exists yeah there's one called Sicilian Vampire. Whoa, let's go! <laughs> and then Undercover Grandpa, and he plays Grandpa.
1: <laughs> I just I saw I saw an interview with him uh, from it was like on like Dateline or 60 Minutes or something. It was very recent, and he just and he was basically him just saying like, I want to make one more good movie before I die. <laughs> Yeah. He's, just like, he's just like I just want to make one more good one like have a good role yeah. and then I can die I'm 85 years old Yeah, I was like I don't want to
2: Meanwhile, go out uh... <laughs> I don't want to go out in <laughs> he's
1: like fuck I'd even make alienation 2 send me the script yeah.
2: he, gets the, he gets the script for undercover grandpa and he's like I'll do it as long as I'm grandpa
0: <laughs> is he undercover as a grandpa or is he like undercover like a grandpa undercover as like a teen at a high school.
3: That would be
0: way. that'd be amazing.
1: He's back I mean, in high school. If I was an actor, I would do those movies based
2: on title alone. I I the t- same thing. Same.
1: Like even if I was like a very successful, like respected actor, if someone sent me a movie called Undercover Grandpa, I'm like I'm doing it. I don't care what the movie's about. I don't care who <laughs> else is in it. I'm doing it. It's like, do you yeah. guys remember? Like, did you ever read about how, like, when uh, Samuel Jackson was in Snakes on a Plane, yeah. right? and like during production this producer was like oh this is stupid we got to change the name of the movie to like
3: flight 475
1: yeah. he's like what the fuck yeah. are you talking about i only did this movie because it because it was called <laughs> snakes on a plane you know what that movie is about i know this is a bad movie it just has a funny title and that's why i did it yeah. if you change the title you ruined <laughs> like everything yeah, about what i respect I did that a
2: lot i think that's awesome oh totally
1: so he's just having, having fun well, I mean, like, we always, like, everyone always puts, like, this stuff where it's like, oh, I'm an actor, and I'm so prestigious, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, cool, like, you get to pick how you work. Like, no one else gets to do that, you know? Like, there's something yeah. for, to be said for someone who's just like, I treat this as a job, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to do my best, and sometimes I'm in yeah. good movies, and sometimes I'm in bad movies. And, like, it's just mm-hmm. what I get paid to do. Yeah, a lot think,
2: of it is a lot of the time it's out of your hands. And so like and you know that Samuel L. Jackson can out act almost anybody. And oh, the totally. fact that he's like, Oh, I want to fucking be in this snakes in a plane movie, I think that's rad. Well, yeah, I mean that's true. That's a good point too. It's like he can
1: out act anybody. Who what does he have to prove? You know, like <laughs> exactly. if he just wants to have fucking fun one day and be like, Oh, I got to go here and go on vacation and like show up for a handful of days and be like there's some snakes on a plane. Blah! Like
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like literally, like I would do that for free, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. We have deviated so far away from alienation.
0: <laughs> yeah, we barely touched on any like real plot points or, or or pieces of this movie. It's hilarious.
2: It it's okay. It's all
0: right. I'm all you about know, it.
2: I mean, like, what is
1: this what is that movie about though? It's about incorporating it into the culture and learning and touching on these different touchstones of what it means to be human like that's what we've yeah. done guys we've we've that's really right. expanded upon humanity right now like we've hit every corner we've talked about the pandemic we've talked about snakes on a plane <laughs> i went to the bathroom you know we, we found uh, out
0: if you guys would fucking alien which fuck is alien. why i showed up uh-huh
1: you know like that's this right. is alienation because you know what we're
2: all aliens living in this nation whoa dude whoa dude whoa did you answer the question Keith what whether. no I did oh, not. yeah
0: yeah I'm a little um, sci-fi curious that's that's Ooh. for sure but I guess it depends okay. on the type of alien too which is that might make me sound like kind of a dingus but I don't know if it uh, some kind of squid type organism I may not be comfortable with but you know this sort of the way the the newcomer has the, the dot pattern across their skull and then it like goes down their back. Uh, along their spine. It's very sensual. It's I mean, like the own,
3: newcomers... It's
2: like ta- tattoos, almost.
0: Yeah. The newcomers in this movie are pretty close to humans, so I don't think it's like... Yeah. As far as we can see. That's true. There, yeah, There's true. some undiscovered country.
2: That's true. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> Star Trek reference. Part of that, uh, <laughs> cut off the last part of that phrase, and you got it correct. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like, yeah,
1: squid, maybe not, but, like, hmm, otherwise, like dip
0: your toe in mm-hmm. something like yeah. when are you gonna when are you yeah. gonna get that opportunity again
1: right
2: exactly exactly
0: now there's a there's a, a big scene the the elevator scene where george sort of reveals the true nature of the newcomers uh they them being slaves and being addicted to drugs and genetically engineered sort of all of these these essential pieces that they've been hiding in order to to not get in trouble with uh, their new hosts that scene actually is performed in, in a way that it feels really important. Like it's a big sort of turning point. Like, did you guys get that as well?
1: 100%.
3: Yeah. I, like,
1: like to me, like, like I said, there's certain scenes in this movie that sell the movie for me in sh- spite of its shortcomings. And that is 100%. Like when you, Mandy Batikin is like describing, it, he goes like, we're like, and he goes like, James kind of goes like, Oh, what you want? it? He's, like, we all were on. It, and he goes like, the harder you worked, the more you got, the more you got, the harder you worked, like, it just seems, like, very real, and particularly if you've known people who have had, like, substance abuse problems, like, Mm -hmm. the way he's, the desperation in which he's talking about it is just, like, it really connects.
2: Yeah, it does. It it makes you feel for the character and the, uh, you know, uh, for the whole, like, race of, uh, of his people as well.
0: That was beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank
2: you. I appreciate that long pause before you were really letting it
0: sink in. Yeah, I was trying to hold back the tears.
2: <laughs> God damn it, man.
3: Oh!
1: And, I mean, there's lots of movies that, like, touch on these things to various successes. And, like, I don't know. Like, there's not that many movies, though, that, like, really... they like... Oh, there's a movie like, oh, we went to another planet. Aliens are weird. But, like, in terms of aliens trying to integrate into human culture or the way humans respond to aliens there, like I can only really think of, a, like, a few movies like that. Yeah. And I think this one's, like, maybe doesn't do it as so much in the forefront of others, but it does it pretty successfully. Like, District 9 does it very well. And District 9 does yeah. it very well in the sense that, like, it takes very different aliens like they're like wildly different to the point where like where it starts you kind of like oh these guys are kind of gross like you're kind of on like the bigoted side and then you uh learn learn about them a little bit more and maybe that movie does it a lot more like a little bit more successfully but only because like that's much more in the forefront of the movie and like that's the that's like that's the main focus versus like this other like the alienation has like this detective subplot that doesn't exist in district nine and i'm trying to think of another movie like that really kind of tackles it in this way and i i don't i mean v has aliens coming to earth but like they're bad guys you know like the you don't realize are bad guys so it's not the same thing um Mm -hmm. but it does do it does have a little bit of that going on but it's a more minor thing like this is there's only a couple movies that really tackle it and just i think it does it well
2: I think, that, I mean, other than, I think the only one I can think of that really captures, like, the alien and human connection, like this one does, is Mac and Me. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that's the I only mean, one I could really. It's an alien <laughs> designed to,
2: to survive off of the
1: Earth's most beautiful precious creation. Resource. Which is, a precious resource, which is McDonald's. Yeah. So, I mean, like, absolutely. You know, like. Yeah. Also, America's treasure, Paul Rudd, has built his career around that movie. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's more American – what's the more it's the more American alien connection between – than that, you know?
2: True. Yeah. Supporting the career of Paul Rudd. <laughs> Maybe that's why he looks so young, dude. He's got that alien juice running through him, man. he just been – He's been supporting nothing he's but
1: McDonald's so- for the past 40 yeah. years.
3: <laughs>
2: Alien McDonald's though, man. It keeps you young. So they don't want you to know, you know. Yeah, the the Mac and Me was actually directed by aliens. That's why it's so weird. And like they've been pumping that alien juice into it to keep them fucking young and fertile. Have you ever looked at the 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 Mac and me director's filmography? It's not that weird overall. It's it's it's, yeah, I know. It's bizarre it's like It's like there's like there's there's some stuff in there that's
1: like like, oh, that's actually a legitimate movie. Like it's not great, but it's like you would not expect this. That be sometimes from the same happens person. though,
2: where like there's just an out of the left field thing where you're like, what the fuck? How did they make that movie? Yeah, totally. Or it's
1: like, but it's also he he made some other movies that are like he did Tammy and the T Rex too. So it's like there's some other movies in there that it's just like out of this world. Like what the fuck did you but he yeah. like? He wrote Passenger 57, which is just like not yeah. great, but like it totally. It's like, yep, this is a like a legitimate action movie action from really? the 90s, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Tammy and the T Rex is definitely fucking nuts. It outwears its welcome like really quickly, but I'm I'm not a fan of that movie. But like, uh, it's there's definitely moments that are fucking hilarious. Like when the oh yeah dinosaurs when the dinosaurs on the phone. That's hilarious. That's oh yeah, always makes me laugh.
0: Well, so looking <laughs> when l- looking at Rotten Tomatoes, the uh, audience score on Alienation, based off of ten thousand ratings, is forty four percent. Like, what that's do you guys think of that? Good. Like, where do you guys land on that? Is this a, is this a <sighs> recommendation or, or not?
2: I would say that's not, I mean, I, I, that's not a very good, especially for audiences. I mean, I would imagine audiences would be more
0: forgiving than critics.
2: So that's pretty
3: bad.
0: Yeah. The critics actually gave it a 52%. There's a 30%. fair chance. I'm surprised by that.
1: There's a fair chance though. Like, cause we said earlier, like there could be people reviewing the movie based on the sh-
2: series. Or one of the TV movies. That's that's true, actually. I bet that's happened plenty of times. Where it's like,
1: yeah, they don't realize that there's a separation between the two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, I would recommend this movie for sure. I think I've, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, did you guys know that, like, a uh, fuck? What's his name? He's the guy who directed like Mud and. Uh, take shelter was going to make a remake of alienation
2: oh Je- uh, jeff nichols
1: jeff nichols yeah who i think yeah. is like one of the better directors working today
3: mm-hmm.
1: um and he was gonna do he was gonna a make remake. a remake of it yeah and i was like i think wow. it was uh, i think it was he was gonna do it under 20th century fox and then like when disney f- bought 20th century fox they're like oh we don't want to do like it fell apart there and then he was like shopping it around to other studios and then covid happened and he's just like mm-hmm. fuck it like I'm done. I'm not trying to make this movie anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah. Damn, I had I had never even heard about that. I mean, I would say this. Good. I mean, it's it's ripe for a remake, honestly, because this isn't a, in my opinion, it's not a great movie, but the concept behind it is solid. Totally, and I would say that too. Like, as much as I like this movie, and it's like you know, I've been defending it,
1: and like, it, it, there you could make a better movie than this one, you know, with the mm. same premise, and it's not even like. Regardless of the fact that there hasn't been that many movies that have done it, it still doesn't even really feel like an original premise. It seems like something we should have seen like 50 times. We just haven't. Mm So, I mean, like, it doesn't even have to be a remake. Can you just make another movie that's the same setup, but it's its own thing, you know?
2: I would give that my blessing.
1: Well, you heard it here here first, folks. Chet Opus is
2: condoned a remake
1: of Alienation from, from what
0: god is that a blessing unto
2: <laughs> they said it couldn't be done that Opitz would give us blessing for an Alienation remake but by god we did it tonight
1: uh, well I don't know you guys got anything else to add to this I think I've expended my thoughts on Alienation anyone else have any like things that they, they don't want to let fall to the side before we wrap it up oh.
2: I enjoyed listening to your passion for this film. Oh, wow. Because uh, I I definitely do not share the passion. But I, <laughs> I liked I liked hearing your take on it, and I could see what you're saying, and I respect it. I still think it's not that uh, pertinent of a, of a film to see. I think The Hidden is way more entertaining. Hidden's great. similar like, sort of idea. Everyone should go see The Hidden. Yes, go see The Hidden in your local...
0: Yeah, the local uh, Cineplex.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's coming back. It's coming out next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I agree with Chad. Uh, and early on, like, when you sort of launched into your, your diatribe, just kind of talking over everyone and taking over the show and, and yeah. holding it hostage. Um, <laughs> yeah. It actually... We needed that. It bore fruit because uh, I was I was taken aback by your, your genuine en- enthusiasm for the movie. And uh, it kind of... It kind of changed my whole perspective on it and uh, I would actually give this a, a, a fairly high recommendation like I said I didn't I watched it you know just a few hours ago and it didn't really thrill me but that's not to say it wouldn't thrill me if I watched it say uh, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. and uh, I I'm such a big fan of the opening and also that sort of I love scenes where uh, characters are just sort of cruising through the world and like looking at things and kind of you know you're getting glimpses of uh, and, and getting brought to, up to speed and so mm-hmm. if if you can watch the the beginning of this movie and by the end of uh, the car ride with James Caan and his original partner if that doesn't win you over then just shut it off but if, if yeah. you're ready for a little bit more then just keep watching it all the way through
1: I would say that's totally fair. Yeah, like if you're not like if you're not with this movie from the get, you're probably not going to be with it like 20, 30, 40 minutes
3: in.
0: Yeah, if one once the the drunk newcomer uh kind of stumbles into the car with some sour milk, uh if that isn't your <laughs> the the deciding factor for you, then just forget the whole thing.
1: I mean, that thing seems so funny because he's like, "Oh, why do these guys get to get drunk off sour milk? Why can't they get drunk off Jack Daniel's? Or, yeah, like you it know, like, be like <laughs> You mean like, <laughs> yeah. why can't they get the th- drunk off of the things you get drunk yeah, off the of The poison
0: like, that I like. Yeah, it's just yeah. so
1: absurd, or it's just like, it's <laughs> it's not even like trying to like meet him halfway. It's like, why can't they drink some like orange juice? That's not offensive to me, but. <laughs> that's pretty good Chad you're going to be in Washington soon do you have anything you want to plug in the
2: show upcoming shows uh yeah I'm going to be visiting in mid-August I'm going to be uh, doing a show in Seattle at the Clock Out Lounge on August 18th and I'm going to be in Tacoma at Bob's Java Jive on the 19th if you were adjacent to either of those I
1: highly recommend his set I've seen it more than once It's good, it's funny. You're gonna like it.
0: And it's not like anything that you've probably ever seen. It is. I would call it like abnormal stand-up comedy. Yes, it 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 doesn't follow. It doesn't follow the same formula, and uh, I think that's part of a big appeal. Like you've definitely grown like a a sort of hardcore demented following. Um, There's no jokes like,
1: hey, you know what it's like when, like, you know, like your girlfriend. You like she wants you to show up on time, and then and then you don't show up on time, and she's like,
2: "What the fuck? Why weren't you on time?" Yeah. It does suck because I have had a Rockney S. O'Bannon craft my latest set. So. <laughs> oh shit! Fuck!
3: God damn it!
2: <laughs> it's funny because I once I remember once I went and saw
1: like a set you did, and like you opened for this one guy, and like you had a positive response but then like the guy who who played after you literally got up and it was like
3: Hey, everyone. hey,
1: guys, take your phones out of your pocket and look at your phones. Like, look how beat up it is. It's like, have you ever noticed the difference between a man's cell phone and a woman's cell phone? <laughs> and people were losing their fucking mind. They're like, it's fucking true. And, like, there was a guy in the front row who was, like, holding up his phone and pointing at it. was like, Yeah, look at my phone. It's beat the fuck up. My girlfriend's phone is not. And this guy's like, He's like, Why can't us guys take care of their phones? And it's like, What's yeah. our problem? Why what's the problem with this lady? Like she's, she's afraid to drop her phone and everyone was just like losing it and I'm sitting in the back just like Huh
2: It's like this is
1: what the people came for.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess so dude. It's just like he's really breaking down the man-woman difference thing. So if, like, if you like
1: degree. jokes if you like jokes about how a man's cell phone is more beat up than a woman's cell phone, don't come see Chad. Yeah,
2: that is not what you're going to get. But if
1: you <laughs> no. have something resembling a sense of humor or if you want to like break away <laughs> from your restrictions of male-female uh, cell phone culture and you're in Washington, this is your opportunity right here. Yeah, swing by.
0: Well, guys, <laughs> anything else? Yeah, let's get out of here and go fuck some aliens. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been waiting. For. I've had this hot alien lady like beckoning
2: me to the bedroom. This is like two Wait, two hours. Wait, what's her cell phone look like? Ah, uh, it's fucking beautiful. Mine looks like shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I know that. Yeah, I know that.
3: Yeah, baby.
2: Lordy, but lordy, all right. That's where we. That's where we cut the stream. <laughs> that was well, guys. The button.
0: The sci-fi summer is yeah. gonna roll on. Chad, thanks so much yeah. for, Thank you for so coming much for on, and being yeah. a part of this. Yeah. What's your next movie? Uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, oh. We've we've been mulling that around. We've got so many prime candidates for the science fiction summer. Uh, we're definitely gonna get to the uh, Country Bear Jamboree because we oh, have, nice. we we must. There's no no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Uh, and then also, I think we'll we'll probably touch on something like Beyond the Black Rainbow, and. Oh, yeah. uh, Gosh, should we get to uh, Lawnmower Man Director's Cut, now available on Tubi?
1: I guess so. What? damn. You know, I'd like damn. to check that out. Like, I know there's some hits that you like that I've never seen, like uh, Hellraiser Bloodline. There, I There's a want- lot
0: of summer left to go, so we're going to get through a lot of movies there by is. the time this is over. We may even dip into, like... Uh, uh that uh, brandon cronenberg movie possessor there's a lot of new oh, I, movies like i, I really, really want to like check out movie. Oh. did you see it did okay see like
1: that? i've been wanting to see that no i haven't I, seen it yet. no
2: that's that i really like that movie that was really good
0: well on that yes. recommendation we're we're adding it officially to the lineup officially High, highly recommended hell yeah well i guess that's it for today though so
1: you yes, know sir. uh chad thanks so much um like we said. And I'll be
2: seeing you in like fucking 3 weeks or something. Like that. Hell yeah. I Man, can't that's, wait. that's going to
1: feel great.
0: Yeah, baby, yeah. Uh,
2: it will because I'll be feeling your dick and balls. Uh-oh. <laughs> <That's how laughs> we <go>. uh-oh. <laughs>
1: well, everyone, thanks for listening. Chad, thanks for being here. Uh, oh you're still recording oh no oh shit yeah oh everyone's gonna yeah, know how you're gonna actually assault me when this yeah. comes comes about we document all this stuff for legal reasons
2: I, I understand
0: yeah guys uh
1: thanks for listening we'll see you next time keith what do you always say
0: until next time the dumpster is closed right, thanks
1: everybody
2: and that's all I have to say about that as Rick Moranis' bodyguard